Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Garrett Wilson. Wow! What a catch! Touchdown, Jets! That kid's amazing. Gibson on the return. Near side. I don't see any flags. Gibson inside the 30. Hits the Jets. And he's going to go! Jets win it! Touchdown, rookie Xavier Gibson. Game over. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinn Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen, thank you. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time to break down the film from week number two. Jets and Cowboys with our friend who does all the film for us over on the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel, youtube.com slash play like a jet. The Thunder from down under, Luke Grant. Luke, what's up, brother? I'm doing okay, Scott. Look, it wasn't as enjoyable to watch the film this week as it was last week, but I thought there were still a lot of big takeaways for the Jets on both the positive and negative sides. So let's get into it and uh, break it down. Yeah, I've been looking forward to having a conversation with you about this because I think there is some stuff on film that was good that was sort of glossed over during the course of the absolute butt kicking that the Cowboys gave the Jets. And it's funny, too, because my friend Keith Durgan, I know, has been looking forward to hearing this episode of the podcast, too, because he kept saying to me all week how he really wanted to find out your thoughts on the All-22 because, in his words, that Australian guy, he really breaks things down well. So, Keith, I know you're listening to this. I hope you enjoy Luke's breakdown of the All-22 And we'll begin with the quarterback, Zach Wilson. Now, everybody has been talking about Zach Wilson. Unfortunately, it's become a lightning rod subject. And I've been clear about this on the show. Andy Vasquez and I talked about it after the game on Sunday. You can say a lot of things about Zach Wilson. And certainly, I'm no Zach Wilson apologist, nor is Andy. 
But Zach Wilson was not the reason that the Jets lost. And I actually thought there were some encouraging things on tape. But I want to start with something we saw from Zach Wilson in a positive way that you pointed out hasn't gotten enough positive attention. And that's Zach Wilson, the rusher, as you like to call it. He's not Justin Fields. He's not Lamar Jackson. He's not Kyler Murray. He's not Jalen Hurts. But I told you before we started recording As far as the way he uses his legs, he could be somebody like Mitchell Trubisky, and people forget this because they'll say Mitchell Trubisky was a bust with the Bears, which he was, but he was very effective with his legs, especially in the first couple of years there. In fact, if you remember, Luke, when the Jets lost to the Bears at Soldier Field, a lot of the reason for it is because Mitchell Trubisky kept picking up yardage with his legs, getting a lot of key first downs, converting third downs as well. I thought we saw glimpses of that in this game with Zach Wilson where he bailed from the pocket when he needed to, not prematurely, but when he needed to, and made plays happen with his legs. I think that the Jets should do more of that. Tell me what you saw when you looked at Zach Wilson, the rusher, on the All-22 here. Yeah, the thing that stood out to me, Scott, was that it all started with pocket presence. His ability to step up in the pocket and be comfortable in there was the best Zach Wilson has ever been as a pro. He always has scatter feet. He loses his eye discipline. There was none of that through three quarters. And then we get to the two-minute situation. He's stepping up in the pocket. The Dallas Cowboys are running man coverage. And when you're running man coverage, the DBs have got their backs to you. They're looking at their guy that they're marking on offense. And that's when you put your foot down, you step up through the A-gap, and you go. And that's what Zach Wilson did on the 16- and 14-yard runs on an awesome two-minute situation drill. He's got speed. He's got a really explosive first step. Coming out of college, his pre-testing numbers with explosion and speed were some of the best they've seen from the quarterback position. I don't see why he can't be a Daniel Jones, a Josh Allen. I know he's a different body composition, but as far as athletic traits, chuck on the Jacksonville game from a couple of years ago, that run he had down the sideline where he ripped it off. We saw that again against the Cowboys. I just think they need to tap into a little bit of the read option stuff. Just make life easier for the offense. Why not pick up six or seven yards using Zach Wilson's athleticism and kind of manufacturing some of these first downs to keep the Jets on the field? It's going to help the tackles. It's going to help the passing game. And it's going to put extra strain on the linebackers for the opposition team. So I think the Jets need to do a little better job of framing part of the offense around that. But in scramble situations, it was perfect against the Cowboys. I thought he looked good in those situations and also passing the ball. I know you can look at the final stat line, 12 of 27, three interceptions, But those three interceptions came, and Robert Salas said this, after the game was pretty much over, they were down three scores, and Wilson was just desperately trying to make something happen. Before that, I thought he looked pretty decisive in the pocket. When he had even an ounce of time, he was able to step up and make some nice throws. There's definite improvement there, both in the area of decisiveness and also confidence. And we know what he can do physically with his arm. So when you look at the All-22... I thought there were a lot more positives than the box score would indicate. We also know that he probably would have had a touchdown to Garrett Wilson toward the end of the half if Micah Parsons didn't get in and hit his arm, which I would say was the offensive line's fault. We'll get into that in a little bit. But look, Zach Wilson, not great in this game by any stretch, but I do think for sure we saw more positive strides if you look beyond the box score. And ultimately, Luke, you and I talked about this, and I'll delve into this more on podcasts later in the week. The expectation here can't be that Zach Wilson is going to be Aaron Rodgers or that he's going to magically become some sort of top 10 quarterback this year. 
No fan can reasonably ask for that. The coaches can't reasonably ask for that, especially since the original plan was for Wilson to sit behind Rodgers for a couple of years and be rebuilt. But I think if they can get enough improvement out of him, for him to at least be better than the alternatives to him at this moment. And what I mean by that is not Kirk Cousins because he's not a realistic alternative to Zach Wilson. The realistic alternatives to him would be, say, Jacoby Brissett or Andy Dalton. These are guys that maybe at the deadline they could get if, say, Carolina were to fall out of contention or Washington were to fall out of contention, although the way Washington started, that's not looking super likely. But if he can be better than those high-end backups and be somewhere in that 22 to 32 range, that's ultimately, to me, what you can reasonably ask of him. And if you get anything more than that, it's an added bonus. The people that are holding him to this exceptionally high standard because he was picked number two overall, I get it in theory, but I think we've passed that point, at least for this season, especially considering the circumstances. And I say all of this to say that I think when you watch the All-22, you saw another step in the direction of getting to that 22 to 32 range. It's not elite. It's not even average necessarily, but it could be good enough to help the Jets get to the playoffs. Is that what you saw when you looked at the All-22 as well? I'm going to be a little bit stronger than that, Scott. I thought Zach Wilson was one of the Jets' best three players through three quarters. I think with Quinn and Williams and what Jordan Whitehead showed early in the game, I thought Zach Wilson was the best player on offense. I think there were five throws that he made that I look at and went, wow, they're big-time NFL throws without a single intercept-worthy throw when the game was close. Look, if you're a person that wants to evaluate a quarterback down 20 on the road against the best defense in the NFL in a five-minute window, that's completely fine. But you can go and talk to Ethan Greenberg, and you'll have much more fun than talking to me. (laughs) The throws that excited me were, number one, man coverage against Garrett Wilson, in stride, beautiful in-breaking route. The reason that Garrett Wilson could break the tackle and made the safety mix was because of the location of the football. Everyone automatically goes, oh, but Garrett Wilson broke it for 60 yards. The throw has so much to do with it. Third quarter, he throws a back shoulder dart on the sideline to Garrett Wilson. He wasn't open. Zach Wilson threw him open. That was a huge throw. You then had a couple of plays where he was waiting in a muddy pocket and he found Brees Hall. Brees dropped both of those. They go down as incompletions, a negative play for Zach Wilson. They were huge growth snaps for me in something that's been a huge problem area for Zach Wilson. And then the two other ones were special off-platform throws. The one to Alan Lazard, Scott, in the fourth quarter before all the turnover mayhem started happening, he broke out, rolled left, and fitted in a ridiculous window on the run. It reminded me of the Tennessee game that Zach had his rookie year in week five. And in the end, Brown got called for a hold. Um, and then Lazard ended up only getting one foot in. But again, that's not a reflection of the quarterback play. And people need to remember that. Were there some silly interceptions at the end? Yes. But I'm not judging Zach Wilson, as I said, of five minutes down by 20 against the Dallas Cowboys. That does nothing for anybody. Um, I think in the, in the, in the, on the whole, I should say, you can really throw out the stat sheet. You have to look at the film. And that's why I urge people to head over to the YouTube channel tomorrow. The Zach Wilson video is going to be up. And you can call me a Zach Homer. I'm backing it up with film. This is what I'm seeing. You can't dance around an exaggerate film, it's telling the picture for me. So I think that's going to be a a pretty good descriptive um, way of breaking this down. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. 
So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. As far as the Jets' offensive struggles, Luke, we can point to a lot of things. But I think first and foremost... There's no question. The offensive line was absolutely brutal, not just in pass protection, but in terms of getting push in the run game. It was so bad that they went away from the run game really early. Brees Hall, as we know, talked about that, and I'm hoping they adjust. But I want to talk about this. It seems strange to me, and I'm sure when you looked at the All-22, you noticed this very quickly, that Dwayne Brown was asked to go one-on-one with Micah Parsons, especially after it was very clear very early that he could not do it. It's one thing in your head to think maybe he could handle it, but then to see it play out like that and not do something to help him, Jeremy Ruckert had five snaps. Unacceptable. I think what the film in this game shows you, Luke, and I'm curious to see if you agree with this, is that the Jets need to do more 13 personnel. And that is what the Seattle Seahawks did for Geno Smith. Both of his starting tackles were out. They used 13 personnel. It gave Geno Smith a clean pocket for almost the entire game. He was hit only once, and he did very well. Now, I'm not trying to say that Zach Wilson is going to look like Joe Montana if they give him extra blockers, but you've got to at least give him a chance here, and you've got to at least put the blocking scheme into a situation where there's a chance of success. The Jets playing another very talented defense this week against the New England Patriots. They've got to have a better feel for how the game is going and adjust the blocking game. All the offensive linemen were terrible in this game. The coaching staff did nothing to help them out with extra tight ends for the majority of the game. The blocking scheme didn't work. The coaching was poor. And the guys up front trying to block were bad. You can say whatever you want to about Zach Wilson or the offense in general, but if they don't get that fixed, it's going to be an absolute mess against the New England Patriots. And I think the film really showed that clearly. It did, Scott. I thought it was a disappointing day for Nathaniel Hackett. Um, I think CJ's arm was on the field way too much. I think they ran the ball left far too often. And the plan for Dwayne Brown versus Micah Parsons was just 
non-existent. I believe I saw online, according to True Stats, that there were 16 snaps in this football game where Dwayne Brown was one-on-one on an island against Micah Parsons. That cannot happen. You can't have that if you have Trent Williams at left tackle, never mind a 39-year-old vet who has not played well and is coming off a serious injury with no preseason. I thought it really lacked um, some some game planning, and that was super concerning for me. The whole left side of the Jets line has been disappointing from McGovern all the way across to Brown. I think Tomlinson was okay, but all in all, he was pretty poor. And the first play of the game on offense really summed it up. Jets run left with Brees Hall, and he just gets absolutely blown up because CJ Uzama misses a block when they're trying to run left. That was a summation of the day. I think, yeah, 13 personnel could help, or if it's going to be 12, it needs to be uh, Tyler Conklin, and it needs to be Jeremy Ruckett, as you said. I, I've seen enough of CJ Uzama. They had him flexed out wide in certain looks. He's not beating a corner one-on-one out on an island, so I'm not sure what kind of benefit you're getting from that either. I just thought it was a disappointing day for Hackett and how he utilized some of those weaknesses. He didn't get creative to cover up some of the cracks, and that always concerns me. To give you some, I guess, perspective on on how this works in the NFL, Scott, there was a little clip of an interview or a conversation that Dak Prescott had with Sauce Gardner after the game. And Sauce said, man, you didn't throw at me all day. And he said, I didn't need to. You know, I don't need to come after you. I'm not coming after the best player. In reactory positions, so that means linebacker, offensive line, and cornerback, positions that have been dictated to by their opposite numbers, you can target people. You need to have only one weakness. So Micah Parsons, instead of playing over the right tackle like he did in week one, they just put him over Dwayne Brown and said, we don't need to go after Mekhi Becton. We respect him as a tackle. We're going to go after Dwayne Brown. And they just took the Jets apart. Luke, I want to get to Sauce Gardner in a little bit. But before we do that, let's finish up on the offensive side of the ball. Not really much to say here with the running game. Like you said, ran a little bit too much to the left, which is not where you want to go. Unfortunately, through two weeks, Dalvin Cook not looking so great, and we talked about how he sort of tailed off the last two years, especially last year in Minnesota, starting the decline. It looks like that might be continuing here with the Jets. We'll see what happens the next couple of weeks, but I'm sure when you watch the All-22, that showed up. Not much you could see from Brees Hall, only four carries. And then as far as the pass catchers go, bottom line is when the quarterback is being pressured 70% of the time, there's not much you're going to see, but at least Tyler Conklin had some production. 50 yards as a tight end, like you said, reasonably effective blocking. I think the Jets need to use him and Jeremy Ruckert a lot in this matchup against the Patriots. The film, I'm sure, confirms that. And then you look at Garrett Wilson. I mean, what can you say about this guy? Absolutely tremendous. He is easily one of the best skill position players the Jets have ever had. They've had some really good ones. Garrett Wilson looks like he has the potential to be as good as any of them. And then, really, when you look at what they were doing as far as using Randall Cobb and not really using Mecole Hardman at all, kind of makes no sense to me, especially when you're looking at an offense that could benefit from quick strikes. I would think that looking at the film, you didn't see much that was impressive from Randall Cobb. And I think going into this Patriots game, one thing that they need to adjust is flipping the usage of Cobb and Hardman. Yeah, it's funny. I was talking to Alex Rollins, who's a friend of the pod, Scott, and we were running through a play from last week and we're trying to figure out what the concept was based on what the Jets were running. And honestly, Randall Cobb's route was so ineffective that it was very difficult to read what the Jets were trying to do. And he was surprised that Cobb was seeing the field. And that was accentuated this week for me when Hardman just didn't see the grass. Like he just did not get on the field. 
the Jets need to start stretching people either horizontally or vertically. Hardman has the potential to do both, especially laterally. That's the strength of his game. Gadget plays, jet sweep motion, all of those things. We just haven't seen it. Again, that's another strike to me for Nathaniel Hackett. I'm not going to be overly critical too early, but as I said, it was obviously a bad day for him. Garrett Wilson's special. We know that. There was the 60-yard touchdown with um, where he broke the tackle, beat the free safety, and, and took it to the house. But the back shoulder ball that I mentioned on the right sideline, really nice catch. Lazard, I want to see him bring down that ball with two feet on the boundary on the other throw that I prefaced earlier. Um, and then, yeah, Tyler Conklin was good in that two-minute drive. He had two catches. Michael Carter got absolutely walloped but managed to secure the ball and get that um, get that tucked away and, and get the first down. On the running back position, Scott, look, I know Brees Hall was very vocal on both Twitter and his press conference that the reason the running game didn't work was because he wasn't getting the football. Look, Brees Hall wasn't going to have an opportunity to do anything. They were monstering the Jets' offensive line. The running backs were getting hit in the backfield, and there was no chance. I have no issue, personally, with the second half, the Jets not feeding Brees Hall, because why do you want to waste his touches early on the year in a game that you're not going to win when he has zero ability to be effective? I think Michael Carter needs more touches compared to Delvin Cook. I think everyone said this, that pays close attention to the NFL pre the Cook move. He's a declining player, Scott. I mentioned it on the pod. He's not the same guy. I don't think he's a better complement with Brees Hall than Michael Carter is, so I didn't really like the move, never mind at $7 million. But here we are now, have to establish the running game. If you watch the Eagles on Thursday night football, they weren't passing the ball well. Hertz was struggling, but they just rammed the ball down the throat of the Vikings because of Jordan Maialata, fellow Australian, and then also... Uh, the, the left guard and the center played phenomenal games in Dickerson and Kelsey. So the Jets need to channel some of that against the Patriots. Let's talk defense now, Luke. We mentioned Sauce Gardner before, so we'll discuss the secondary. You and I talked about this before we started recording. Brandon Eccles just completely outmatched. They targeted him repeatedly. He got burned a couple of times and then obviously called for that key penalty towards the end of the first half that was very costly. Sauce Gardner, I thought, pretty solid in coverage, although I think the film probably revealed that the Jets would be wise to potentially have Sauce shadow the best receiver on the opposing team for a little while, see how that works out, because when he was up against CeeDee Lamb, Lamb had a couple of catches but didn't really do a lot of damage. When Lamb wasn't up against Sauce, he was absolutely feasting. Not the fault of DJ Reed necessarily, although I think DJ Reed wasn't anywhere near as good in this game as he was in week number one against the Buffalo Bills. As far as the safeties, Tony Adams came out and then Ashton Davis got picked on. So overall, the secondary, not the sharpest in this game, although Sauce Gardner, pretty good at getting coverage. Of course, the most regrettable part of this one for him was the dropped interception that obviously would have been a pick six if only he'd have been able to hold on. I did think it was funny when CeeDee Lamb came over to him after the game and said, you got to learn how to catch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what do we always say? If they could catch, they'd be playing offense, and that's pretty true about corners in the NFL. Um Look, Sauce is interesting, Scott, because look, he's not playing his best football necessarily, but it's really easy on the film to identify that he had a drop pick six and then he missed the tackle in the flat again like he did last week and it went for a first down. But all in all, he wasn't targeted in coverage. He played really well in man. I thought he was tight. He was efficient. His movement skills were good and he was fluid in space. So I have no concerns about Sauce. I thought DJ Reed was still okay. I don't think he was bad. He didn't play as well as he did against the Bills. Michael Carter was fantastic until he went out and got injured. He had the pass breakup on that ridiculous 
roughing the passer call from JFM, would have got the Jets off the field, would have been a six-point game with the Jets getting the football before halftime, ended up in a touchdown. But you're right. Dak showed his veteran nous understanding. Eccles is in the game. Um, then Tony Adams goes out. I'm going to just pick and choose my moments to go after the linebackers, the safety, and Eccles in the slot. And they just slowly picked the Jets apart without having to target their best two players in the secondary. And that's how you win games. You target matchups. And I thought the Cowboys did that really effectively. Um, it's going to be tough for the Jets because I thought Jordan Whitehead played a really good game again. I thought he was probably the best. But now we don't have Adams possibly. He's in kind of a medical process right now. We're not sure with the evaluation of him. We've got concerns about Michael Carter the second. So these are key linchpin members of your secondary and yeah, the Patriots don't have a ton of weapons, but Max Jones can throw the football a little bit, and the Jets are going to need to rely on keeping teams to 20 or less points. So they got to figure it out big time. The Jets' pass rush was nowhere near as effective against Dak Prescott as they had been last week against Josh Allen. Now, part of that is because the Cowboys' offensive line is much better. Part of it is the Jets just weren't able to get that burst. I think activating Will McDonald would be a good idea. I'm sure you saw in the film that they could have used his speed and athleticism. Quinnen Williams, though, once again, an absolute beast. Take me through what you saw when you looked at the All-22 when it comes to the defensive line and the overall pass rush. Yeah, you saw Quinn and Williams be the most explosive player on the field outside of Micah Parsons. Some of his run stuffs and tackle for losses were absolutely ridiculous. Just the twitch. He weighs 300 pounds, Scott, and he moves like, you know, two two out well. He's just got that kind of lateral speed and burst, and it's just freakish on the film. But I was really disappointed with the impotence of the Jets' second kind of wave of pass rushes. So I'm talking about Carl Lawson, uh, Woods, Jefferson, uh, and then Michael Clemens. I thought that unit really struggled. Uh, also Solomon Thomas, sorry, who was in there for Jefferson sometimes. That unit did not pressure Dak Prescott at all. And that's where the Jets thought they were going to have an advantage over other teams in the NFL, where they could just keep pumping out numbers and not have a decline in efficiency. And there was a huge drop-off, like there was last year. Will McDonald's got to be active, as you said. Carl Lawson didn't hear his number get called at all, didn't really show up on the film. Um, I think Clemens needs to be pushed back inside a little bit more, like they played around with in the preseason. I, I don't think Solomon Thomas needs as many reps. I know he had a nice chase-down sack, but I'm not particularly impressed by him. So the Jets have got work to do, Scott, because this unit needs to be elite if they're going to win games of football. And outside of Quinnen and JFM, I haven't quite seen that yet. I thought JFM was really good again. I haven't touched on him. He had the bull rush. He was held and then got called for the um, for the roughing the passer call, which the Jets still haven't had one in two years. But we've got called for three in the first two games of the season. I thought JFM's bull rush has been spot on in the first um, the first two matchups. He's had three pressures and a couple of sacks on those. So that's been been a really impressive part of the film as well. But all in all, the Jets pressured Dak Prescott 33% of the time. That's okay. But when Zach Wilson's getting pressured over 65% of the time, the second most of any quarterback to start the year, you're going to have troubles. You need to win up front. Let's talk about the linebackers, Luke. Thought to be a big weakness coming into the season. I thought they actually played better than we would have expected in week number one against the Bills. Not so sure that was the case against the Dallas Cowboys, though. Tell me what you saw in the film. Yeah, they were okay. I mean, I didn't look at them and go, oh, they've been exploited here. Quincy Williams missed a couple of tackles being out of control in space. And if you've listened to me and watched the video I did last week on the YouTube channel, that's always been my primary knock on Quincy. He goes for the spectacular, but there's too much variance in his play. 
I think there was a couple of instances where that showed up on the All-22 again. CJ Mosley just looks like he's maybe missing a step to start the year. Um, I don't think he's old or past it. I think he's just hasn't quite got that explosion yet, hasn't got his legs underneath him. I think we'll see him improve. But all in all, I didn't see a ton on the film. Not really related to the linebacker unit, Scott, but I just want to give a shout-out to Zach Martin. I think he might be one of the best football players in the whole of the NFL. He didn't go up against Quinnen very often because Quinnen lines up on the right side. Obviously, Zach does for his respective team as well, so they don't actually match up. But he's just a phenomenal player. He's a great athlete, and I think he was dominant against the Jets. That's what showed up the most when I put on the film of the Jets' defense, that Zach Martin is a special talent. And uh, you're not going to run into too many like him, and I think the Jets are going to fare much better against the Patriots. Luke, anything else you noticed on the film that's worth mentioning that we haven't talked about yet? Just that I liked Robert Sala's aggressiveness, and I have through the first two weeks. I think he's been passive at times with his decision-making as an NFL head coach. He had the decision to go for the quarterback sneak on fourth down last week, which ended up kind of leaking more time out of the clock. And then he also had the fake punt again to start the game early. He knows the Jets need to take chances. I think he's coaching quite good football with his game management. Uh, Again, not everything you look at is player-related. I think sometimes the X's and O's and the decision-making is more important than the guys on the field. So I think I've liked what I've seen from Robert Sala, but man, I really thought that the Jets were out-coached on offense and defense. I already mentioned the disappointment of not helping Dwayne Brown defensively. I don't understand why we're blitzing so much Scott. It was ended up being 22% of the time. I know one in four and a half doesn't seem like a huge number, but when you have the best front front four or one of the best front fours in the NFL, sit back in coverage. Why are we blitzing six and leaving Brandon Eccles one-on-one on the back end to get a holding call in the end zone and ends up in a touchdown? Didn't think we need it. Need to tidy up the coaching because they were outmatched outside of Robert Sulla and his decision-making. Luke Grant, the Thunder from Mount Under. Thanks so much for coming on and breaking down the all 22 of the week number two matchup between the Jets and the Dallas Cowboys. Really appreciate it. For those that want to check out everything we've got up on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash play like a jet. What do we have up there and what's coming down the pike? Also, what can people find when they go into our store at tpublic.com? That's tee Yeah, if you want to be a Jets, uh, sorry, a Zach Wilson fan and uh, apologist like I am, apparently, according to certain online accounts. Uh, you can find our Zach the Ripper um, designs over on the um, T Public website. We've got really cool, bless you, thank you range, Quinn and Williams, John Franklin Myers, who I mentioned have been fantastic this year. Play Like a Jet logo merch. Go and check all that stuff out. And then on the YouTube, we've got tons of stuff coming this week. It's a, it's a day delayed, but I've got a Zach Wilson video with the truth about his performance. We've already obviously mentioned that on the pod. I'll be looking at Dwayne Brown and the issues he's having. And then defensively, just a little bit of the uh, issues and how Dallas picked us apart. So they're the three or four videos that'll be up on the YouTube channel, but appreciate the support. The channel is going crazy and uh, there's more coming. There is always more coming on the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel, youtube.com slash play like a jet. And of course, more coming on our store, tpublic.com. That's tee Make sure you give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes too, if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.